We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast giving you, the fans, a voice. So welcome back. Today, we are going to catch up on all of the latest news, Bayheim's Army, Syracuse football, uh, even a tiny bit of Syracuse basketball, and we have uh, Paul Boygreen Esden Jr. on at Boygreen25, site expert for Inside the Loud House. He will join us a little bit later, but first, um, I I have gotten emails and I have gotten um, DMs or whatever about asking about how People can um, can help us out, and do we have a Patreon? And no, we don't have a Patreon. One reason is because I don't have time to figure it out. The other reason is is because uh, we don't want to charge you for content. So what Joe and I have have decided to do is, excuse me, uh, we we're going to do something a little something called overtime, which is non cues related, and. Uh, we're actually going to do our first one today. Joe's going to give us a little fantasy football 101. Okay? Just a little bit. I mean, bit. maybe I need a little bit of that. I don't know. Um, so I might be, I might be a little, <laughs> I might be a little excited for it. And uh, the reality is, the best way you could help us out though is to subscribe on on whatever platform, whether it be YouTube, whether it be. And by the way, thank you for everybody who watched on YouTube. There was a bunch of new people yes. who didn't even know we existed. Until we put out an actual video on YouTube. And um, I just want to thank everybody for taking the time to watch. Whether you watch for 30 seconds or 30 minutes, I appreciate it. And um, the other thing you can do is just like our social pages and like and share and comment and interact. Because this is for you guys. We love using your your commentary and your comments for things in the show. And also, obviously... Yeah, it does. It's what it was based around to start with. And so but obviously the other thing is the iTunes ratings and reviews. We appreciate those so much. And we have gotten a couple over the past week or so and we appreciate it. And that that's how you can help. We don't want your money. We just want you to promote us. <laughs> basically. So uh it means a lot. We appreciate it. Yes. So before we get into the show, we got to hear from the good folks over at SeatGeek. SeatGeek, what their app does is it scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or whatever you're trying to do. And it'll rate them on a scale from 0 to 10, and it'll let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot marks a great deal, a yellow dot marks a good deal, and a red dot, well, obviously, 
red, that can't be good. That's a bad deal. You don't want none of that. But if you're desperate, you can use that deal. And you know what you can do? You can use promo code ACAA at checkout and you can get 20 bucks off your first purchase. So you save 20 bucks on a bad deal. It equals out okay deal maybe? I don't know. So anyways, what are you waiting for? Go over there, grab some tickets. That's promo code ACAA at checkout. Get to 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event and we have the tickets. So um, let's see. All right, I thought this was kind of cool. So this is here's the deal with the um, with the orange overseas, and you know we were wondering how this was going to happen and how it was going to work. So they're going to play four games in August. So what you can do, there's a website that's going to stream these games. It's flowhoops.com, and mm-hmm. they charge a monthly fee of twelve fifty. Or twenty nine ninety nine for a year if you're really into the overseas games. But if you pay twelve fifty, you can watch all four games. Which I mean, Joe, that's not terrible, right? You you pay for the month of August, you stream the four overseas games with the orange. And- right? No, no, yeah, not bad. I I do believe actually, if I can remember, um, back when Tyler Ennis was a freshman and they did the uh, Canadian tour, I believe it was the same way. Was you it? had to okay, get some type of men- yeah. You had to get some type of monthly subscription. To some- I don't know if it was Q's TV or if it was something else, but um, you had to get that subscription or pay for the games to watch them to stream. Yeah, and just think, it can't be as bad as the ESPN Watch app or Watch ESPN app. It can't be. You're paying for it. It's probably good quality. If you got a Fire Stick or anything like that, you could probably just put it right on your TV. So uh, I'm going to do it. And just so we could, I mean, not for anything, we can talk about it here. Uh, Bayheim's yeah. Army can be watched on ESPN2, and that will be starting Friday, which is yep. tomorrow. We're recording this on Thursday night, so Friday at 7 p.m. That'll start ESPN2. Go there. If you're not going to the game, if you are going to the game, hey, send us some send us some pictures or whatever, you know. Yeah. We'd love stuff Throw like stuff that. stuff on the page. So, yeah, absolutely. Um what else do we got? We got we got um, Paul Esden Jr. coming on, and we're going to talk about. I'm saving a lot of this stuff for him, but yeah, preseason. How about La Familia? All, oh, La Familia. Yes, that is on my list here. Uh, La <coughs> Familia. So, kind of featured Moniel, and it just yep. figures because we were we we did a crossover episode with uh, with uh, Tyler Morona on the Trademark Podcast, and you know. I had to go against the grain because yeah, that's did. how I roll. And mm-hmm. so <laughs> and so um, Tyler thinks Mo Neal is going to get 1,000 yards. I think it's going to be tough for anybody to get 1,000 yards. But not only did I say that, but then I topped it off with something pretty ridiculous. But <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. And that is that Abdul Adams will get more yards than Mo Neal. And that was maybe not the smartest thing to say. But like I said, going against the grain. But it was funny because I was watching La uh, Familia. What are you going to eat your words? Yeah, well, I'll eat half of them. Nah, I guess I, it could be both. I, it could be both. It could be. It mm-hmm. could get really bad. It could. Neither be. of them get a thousand yards, but Monia still outrushes Abdul Adams. That's mm. a that's a split for me. That's a split. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a split. I'm okay I, with that. I doubt Tyler would see that the same way, but that's fine. All right. Tyler could see it how he sees it, and I'll see it how I see it, <laughs> I know, all as well. I know. So, um, 
it was just funny because it featured Mo Neal and he's sitting in the barber chair there and he's like, yeah, hey, you know, my goal is basically rush for a thousand yards. And I'm like, man, right. Tyler's watching this. So, <laughs> of course, the next day, yes. the next day he tags me in a tweet. But it's fun. Love Tyler. Yeah. Uh, he's got the same snark we do. And um, we can't wait to have him back on and, yep. uh, and, and do another crossover with him. So, uh, Dude, but how really good cool. was that video? I thought it was really good. 14 minutes long. If you haven't seen it, it's like 14, 13, 14 minutes, and it's well worth it. It's great. Oh, yeah. And like, uh, I think, Joe, I think you were talking about it's a great recruiting tool. I mean, to have something like that and to have that type of production and, you know, right. to be put out and just be part of something like that. It's yeah. cutting edge stuff, man. Really, it's what everybody's going to be doing. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an inside look, kind of like I talked about the hard knocks type of like, look into the off season. But, um, again, this one, I thought it was great. Uh, I, I probably see something where they're probably going to feature either the main players or, or the scene, the main senior, um, contributors, uh, like this. So they featured Moniel in the first one. Right. Um, and also, I mean, my favorite part, even the Moniel, all that was great. Um, but my favorite part at the, was at the end when we had, uh, Chris Frederick and, uh, Andre Cisco watching tape, you know, watching tape and they went over that whole Florida state game and we got to to kind of relive that and um, see what it's like with the players that we got coming back and DeVito taking the helm. Uh, That was one of those games. I mean, they showed the the Baber speech at the end and, you know, just put yourselves on the map. Like we all remember that they played in ESPN and we started off three and Oh, and that like what they, they talked about that could have very well, kick-started and, and really put the the confidence in our minds that we could have a season that we actually did. So do, do you it was re- great. Do you remember one of the – I mean, obviously you do. One of the fact – I'm not going to sit here and quiz you like a goofball. The, <laughs> one, of the, one of the factors in that game was an early game, early conference game, mm-hmm. with New the coach. heat. The heat in the dome. And, I mean, yep. I know Clemson plays in – they play in a great climate that is suitable for training for that, but – Florida, hello. So I'm Florida on a down year last year a little bit. But, you know, I'm just thinking about that as you're talking. And, you know, just another thing yeah. that could give us an edge against Clemson, uh, being in that dome, if it's going to be hot in Syracuse that, that week or that day. Um, yeah. Big well, obviously, the more bodies in the dome, the hotter it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Less less oxygen to breathe. You know how that yep. goes. But either way, the one thing that I've – like that kind of intrigues me with the dome when it comes to that, especially with the heat that, that, that Babers talks about is it's great for kickers, for quarterbacks. Cause you know that, that uh, the breeze, the wind, there's going to be no wind factor, but outdoor yeah. stadiums and it, it could be really hot, but that breeze can help that. If there's a wind factor, if there's anything that can kind of help that whole heat process, you know, you don't have wind blowing on you. Everybody knows that feeling when you're sweating and you get that nice breeze and you're like, okay. And it helps. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah, absolutely. You don't get that in the dome. No, no. <laughs> you don't get that in the dome, and that's really that X factor, and and that's probably one of the reasons why Babers was against them getting AC in there. But no AC I, I mean, in the Carrier Dome, folks. Well, I think they've I, already ve- vetoed that. But either way, I still, <laughs> I still think it's not. Yeah, it's still going to be hot in there. I don't think it's going to be. You know, I don't know. I don't know how much of an effect it's going to have. But either way. That's a different type of heat. Yeah, absolutely. Muggy, nasty, sweaty bodies. Uh, so anyway, moving absolutely. on. <laughs> right? Gross. Right? Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. Uh, preseason All ACC team. 
Uh, Syracuse had the second most represented in this. It's just obviously something to speculate about and have some fun with. Uh, two yep. defensive players and two uh, specialists were honored uh, by 170, 173 voting members of the media covering the conference. You had uh, Alton Robinson, Cisco, um, Hoff Richter, and Schmidt. So both for kickers, uh, kicker and punter, and and then um, a couple a rising star and a, a senior. So, um, yeah. you know, and then of course you got Clemson dominating with uh, <laughs> 13 players on the team, which was n- almost half one, <laughs> one short of half of the honorees. So no, one short of over half, but, but yeah. four, I mean, I'm not, that. that's well, why we had the really, second most. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll hang my hat on that. Just like when they voted for, who was going to come the places and where everyone was going to finish in the ACC. There was 173 voters, 171 picked Clemson, two other ones went to us. So it's just interesting. Again, we talk about it. You know, I'm just this kind of off season hype, preseason hype. Like this just hasn't been like this in such a, a long time. And it's to other teams. It might not feel like news, but to us, man, it's like it's every just, day. I mean, you see this stuff. We're going to talk about yeah. it with Paul, but you see all the award, like the watch list stuff. And I mean, yeah. we, we haven't had that in such a long time. I mean, there's that list is like eight to ten awards long with people in watch lists, and it's a ton. Just this, it's a ton. You've got you've got. Um, let's see. Well, I know that Babers just got for the Cisco what, the Brian Robinson, Babers, Sean Riley for most versatile player. Um, I mean, it goes on and on. Cisco for the yeah. Thor- the Thorpe Award. I mean. <clears throat> it's just a special yeah, the kickers, Ray guy, Lou Groza. Yeah. Yep, I mean, both it's... of them. And you, it's just something special because I don't remember this. Like, and, I mean, I'm the, this, the, the feel around the football team right now is it's almost like nothing I've ever experienced in my 40 years, right. to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you look back and you see, the um, Donovan McNabs and all those players that back in the day, the, you know, the NFL players. Is it the look social media, it, though? Is it social media? Like the hype? Well, you know, it could be social media, but also the whole thing about it is is that we were already established back then. This is us coming out of the cellar. True. Yeah. I mean, we were in the cellar, so that's why yeah. it seems like it was. Just, it's just that much more because it's not common. It's not an every year thing when McNabb was there. I mean, he was just coming off of what Marvin Graves and yeah, they Marvin still Graves. were getting great other players, the offense, defensive line, just defensive backs, everybody They're players. They're putting people in the NFL all the time. And it's just different. Uh, it just stopped and mm-hmm. it got bad. And Syracuse fans got sick of bad and it got bad and, attendance got bad and everything was just awful and now you see it now and again a lot of people and there's a lot of people in their 30s and mid 20s late 20s that they can barely remember the Donovan McNabb days and the days where we were winning 10 games and going to bowls so you know it just seems you get that feel like we're back and now we have all this preseason hype and you know getting up in all the uh, watch lists and people thinking that we're a sleeper ACC you know it's it's great yeah, which is great. Absolutely, and I mean, really sp- speaking of which, you know, you've got the um, Syracuse was picked to finish second in the ACC. Another, mm-hmm. another just prediction, something to have fun with. Clemson, obviously, at number one, and they won the division the past four years, and they're the favorite, obviously, to win a fifth straight time. Um, they racked up 171 
of 173 votes. Guess yep. who got the other two votes for first place? Syracuse. News us. So yep. um, they were. Picked. And that's what it was last year. Yeah. If we had the Orange Bowl available last year, we probably would have been in the Orange Bowl instead of the Camping World Bowl. Yeah, I mean, how awesome is that? Well, let's just hope that uh, <laughs> we repeat from next. I mean, obviously, I'd love to, to beat Clemson and everything, and obviously win the ACC. But yeah. at least we know that if if at minimum what happened last year is what happens, and we end up being the second place team. Uh, ranked wise uh, and record wise in our conference that we could still be playing in a New Year's Day Bowl, which is uh, something we haven't done in a real long time. Yeah, FSU is third, NC State fourth, BC fifth, Wake Forest sixth, Louisville seventh. Coastal was so they got Virginia going against basically they got Virginia going against Clemson, Clemson. for the ACC mm-hmm. championship. Uh, second in the Coastal Miami, third Virginia Tech, fourth Pitt, fifth Duke, sixth UNC, seventh Georgia Tech. So there you right. go. yep. Uh, are we ready to bring Paul on? We're ready to go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're uh, ready to go. Let's do let's it. But it. before we do that, you know, we have got to hear from the folks over at my bookie. My bookie. My bookie's been with us for over a year now, and um, yeah. just every episode, I'm plugging some my bookie. But if you don't know what online betting is all about, go ahead, do your research. If you know what it's about, then. Um, you know what to expect. Why not go to my bookie? Give them a shot. I know it's hard to believe, but football is almost back. The NFL preseason kicks off with the Hall of Fame game on August first, and August first, and as soon as we'll have that, I mean, it's going to be regular season, and it's going to be college football, and I mean, that means it's time to make an account at the best sports book known to man. That's right. I'm talking about my bookie. Sports betting is exploding in popularity. If you want to get in on the action with a trusted company that's been in business for years. MyBookie is the place for you with an easy, no-hassle mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sport and prop imaginable. MyBookie provides fun, safe betting experience. Uh, Maybe you think Drew Brees and the Saints will get revenge for the terrible blown call in last year's NFC Championship, or maybe you think Tom Brady and the Patriots will win an unbelievable seventh Super Bowl. Why not uh, make money? When your prediction comes yeah, true, if you're not. willing to say it, why not put a couple bucks on it and see what happens? And if you deposit today, uh, my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's right. If you put in 100, they'll give you 50. If you put in 1,000, they'll give you 500. It's that easy. Football wow. weekends are the best, but they're even more thrilling when every touchdown you can win more money. So go to mybookie.ag and sign up today with promo code QS25 at mybookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Promo code QS25. All right, joining the show now, site expert for Inside the Loud House, local sports talk radio host on AM 1260 The Score, Paul Boy Green Esden joins the show. Um, Paul, you're at Boy Green 25, right? That's where they can find you on Twitter and Facebook. Yep, All absolutely. Right. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All right. Well, hey, bud. We tried getting you on last time. It just didn't work out, but you're here now. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to come on. We know you're busy. So uh, thanks. Um, I guess. Of course. I guess, we, I guess we'll dive right in, okay? We got Bayheim's Army yeah. coming up on Friday, and Friday at 7, right? ESPN 2. And, you know, we're looking at a team without Trish and without Chris McCullough. So to start, and at least in the Syracuse region. And um, first of all, when when do you expect each of them back respectively? Any ideas? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris McCullough has done very well for himself uh, playing overseas uh, for the Philippines team that has uh, earned him a contract in Korea. Uh, so what? from what I understand from the situation, that should not affect uh, his availability uh, for the future of this tournament. Of course, we all know six games, that's what the goal is. There's three games this weekend. If Bayheim's Army wins each one, they move on to the next round. Win Friday plus Saturday, win Saturday, go Sunday, and then they would go to Chicago. My, From my understanding is both uh, Chris McCullough and Brandon Trish would be available for that Chicago trip. Uh, that is the belief uh, of the coaching staff and also uh, GM Kevin Belby. So fingers crossed. It doesn't look like Trish will be available this weekend. They're going to try to give it a go, but uh, he is doubtful uh, for this uh, Syracuse Regional, which I which I know he's super disappointed by. It's the first time in TBT history that uh, hosting here in Syracuse. I know it's too bad, but there's plenty of stars um, for the fans to enjoy anyway, but it's kind of a bummer. Now, their first opponent, we are D3. A, um, a all-star team of D3 basketball players. And uh, what what can we expect from them? What do we know about them? I've looked at their roster, and uh, quite frankly, uh, it's, you know, to me, it's a bunch of people I've never heard of. So, <laughs> Well, uh, I'm sure that's going to be the case uh, when you're watching it uh, this weekend. I mean, you know, to put it simply, in the most non-disrespectful way possible, right. I mean, it's a maj-paj combo melding pot of D3 talent, mostly uh, from around the world. I mean, they come from all different walks of life. This is a team that really has different guys that could do a couple of different things. Uh, you know, the main thing here for Bayheim's first off, you don't want to overlook anybody. There's a lot of foreign talent, obviously, uh, that's on this team as well. And Bayheim's Army, with the current construct, this is the most talented team Bayheim's Army has ever put together. They can put together a variety of different lineups, but with the depth that Bayheim's Army has, I think ultimately that's what's going to pull them through uh, in a game of this magnitude. And especially, that's also why they added more players than we originally anticipated. The B.J. Johnson edition earlier this week, that was not expected to add an 11th member to this team, but I think with injuries, with the Trish situation, also with the Chris McCullough situation kind of being out of all of our control, uh, I think it was smart for them to add a guy like B.J. Johnson. So ultimately, we're going to see a lot of different players this week, and uh, you know, to put it kindly, the, you know, we are D3 shouldn't present any sort of challenge uh, for this Bayheim's Army team, or they shouldn't anyway. If you got to let us know who you are then i mean yeah. <laughs> right so that's kind of the way i look at it um all right I, i'm that's yeah. that's that we may come back to the Bayheim's army thing but um, yeah we could we could to kind of sh- shift gears a little bit paul uh full disclosure i am a, a new york giants fan no judging no judging i'm um, sorry to hear that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i get that all the time um but uh you know as a Giants fan, when they picked up Dungy as a as a free agent, you know I was ecstatic, obviously, and and the orange in me wanted him to, you know, go in there and prove that Daniel Jones was an awful pick at number six, which uh, we'll see. But um, you know, and and take you know just go and just do the thing with the quarterback. But obviously, they wanted to see what they uh, what he was doing with tight end, and now that he's got a back injury and he's released. Uh, Yesterday, um, what do you see like future-wise for him? Uh, does he have a future in the NFL or any other leagues? Uh, what's, your, what's your take on that? Absolutely. I'm super disappointed to see it. Uh, Eric has uh, worked incredibly hard after uh, his uh, final collegiate game uh, to really refine his footwork, his mechanics, 
and really, you know, not try to, you know, reinvent the wheel, so to speak, but he really uh, did some great work uh, there on the Northwest uh, working on his game. And uh, obviously he goes undrafted. And he was uh, weighing between five to seven offers after uh, the NFL draft. He was patient. I was very surprised uh, with the patience of Dungy and his camp because, honestly, you know, when you don't get drafted, certainly the leverage changes. When the draft is going on, obviously the players are at the beck and of the teams. Like, hopefully these guys will take me. But it's interesting right. that it flips as soon as the draft's over. Now all the teams are calling you trying to get it. Dungy was very patient. He did lose some offers because teams – called him, said, we want you, Dunchy. And then uh, when he said, yeah, I'm going to wait, they moved on to other choices. So a very bold move by Dunchy. But he wanted this giant job, and uh, that's why he waited for this opportunity. Uh, It's unfortunate that they didn't even allow him to have an opportunity in Giants training camp. He was released uh, before training camp started. And first off, you know, the back injury was real. He was battling that, and uh, that did keep him out for most of the spring. But I think there's two things that are important to note here. First off, who the Giants switched him out with, because obviously they cut him to pick up someone else. They picked right. up Isaiah Seawright, which, by the way, is a raw tight end prospect from Fordham, who, according to his NFL draft profile from Lance Erline, who does all the profiles for NFL.com, is a guy who's relatively new to the position and needs plenty of work. Why would you replace a guy who is a learning tight end for another guy who's also a learning tight end? But I digress. The other thing uh, that I would like to bring up here is, uh, you know, with the new NFL rules over the last couple of years, the Giants don't have to make one roster cut till September. In the old days, they had to make wave cuts. So it would go from 90 guys to 75, from 75 to 60, 60 to 53. That wasn't necessary anymore. So I don't understand the urgency of getting rid of Dungy. I think it was a mistake by the Giants. We'll see. I don't. Kyle Aletta has uh, been a danger to society. Uh, Daniel Jones pegged a guy in the stands earlier today at Giants camp. Hopefully, my thoughts and prayers are with that guy's family. Hopefully, he can make a full recovery. Um, You know, so I I think Dungey would have been a great guy to have versatility. Really, the you know, I'm not you know blind. Dungey likely wasn't going to be the week one starter. I think that's fair to say. But, uh, you know, for a guy to be versatile enough to be your second or third string quarterback, also being able to do the wildcat, the Taysom Hill role, uh, that's something Dungey has really embraced uh, down the stretch here. At his pro day, he did not. I'll be honest. Dungey was not cool with playing other positions. He said, I'm a quarterback. When others said, you know, what about the XFL? What about the AAF at the time? I'm a quarterback and I want to play in the NFL. So, you know, he was stubborn. And after the draft, I think he really warmed up to the idea of uh, playing different positions. I believe he, this is not the end of Eric Dungy. I think a lot of people have criticized this guy. They've labeled him injury prone. They've labeled him this, they've labeled him that don't think he's a good passer. At the end of the day, everyone can have their opinion. I want to see him fail or succeed on his own. If he goes to an NFL training camp, gets banged up, gets injured again, fine. He's injury prone. Or if he goes there and he's just not competent enough of an NFL passer, fine. But I want to see it, and I believe he will. Like I said, he weighed between five and seven offers following the draft. The Dolphins were one of the teams that were interested in bringing Dungy in after the draft. He decided he wanted to go to the Giants. I believe the Dolphins would still be interested among other NFL teams. So I don't think it's the last we've heard from Dungy. And maybe it's bittersweet the Giants cut him now because now he can uh, have an audition with 31 other teams yeah, uh, ahead of their training camps uh, that's coming up. Doesn't that, I mean, at the very, I mean, if you're going to look at the silver lining of any of this, that's kind of the plus end of it, right? There's still plenty of time for yes. 
someone to pick him up. There's been eyes on him before. And, you know, maybe the Giants did him a favor. If they're like, hey, we're not going to use this guy. You know, let's just throw him out there and, and, and see if, you know, maybe he's got an opportunity somewhere else. Maybe they, who knows? So if, if there's a silver lining, I guess that's it. But it's sad to see for SU fans. We just love Derek Dungy so much. It just, you know, it's a heartbreaker. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, it is. I mean, on the surface, one of the, you know, and again, you know, buckle your seatbelt, Syracuse fans who are listening in. But one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen in program history, when you look at the stats and the impact, mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people want to hesitate to put him in the Donovan McNabb, Don McPherson, and all this other company. But, uh, you know, look at the stats. They speak for themselves. And I think it's hard from an optics standpoint to see one of the program's best quarterbacks get cut and can't even make a 90-man roster on the Giants. And right now, currently in the NFL, there's 2,880 players. That's 90 players per team, 90 times 32. And the fact that your best quarterback, arguably, maybe you've ever had in history, can't be one of 3,000 players, that's a hard pill to swallow. So we need to see uh, if another NFL team will scoop him up. If they don't, I think that's going to be a gut punch for Syracuse fans. If they do, I think he'll have an opportunity uh, to fulfill his NFL dreams. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, he's number one on the list of, of the player that helped change this uh, culture around and in, into what mm-hmm. it is right now. So um, I, I hope, I know my Giants cut him, but I hope that it works out well for him. So, um, But to stay on the subject of our Syracuse football, uh, me and Sean, we uh, recently had a crossover podcast with Tyler Morona, his trademark podcast, and we talked quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, they're great, yes. Yeah, yeah, he's we, great. We talked quite a bit about um, position battles and what we're looking forward to um, in this this offseason camp. Uh, so kind of wanted to get your opinion on that since we talked plenty about it. But uh, what position battles are you looking forward to? And also, do you have a sleeper, some guy that maybe some people aren't looking at right now that could kind of sprout up and, and, and take a, a starting spot from somebody? Absolutely. Uh, There's several that stand out to me in my mind. First off, if you go to running back, many people just assume Abdul Adams, the Oklahoma transfer, is going to come in and dominate. And that could very well happen. But the thing I would like to say uh, is I believe Syracuse is one of the deepest backfields in the country. Mo Neal nearly ran for 1,000 yards. And you saw in the La Familia series, the hard knocks version for Syracuse, you got kind of an insight uh, to Mo. He picked 21. He idolized LaDainian Tomlinson. Again, 1,000 yards is the benchmark for running backs. No running back since 2012 has been able to accomplish that basic feat. So Mo Neal's there, Abdul Adams. I love Jawar Jordan. He was absolutely phenomenal in the spring game. And when you look at the running backs on the roster, there's a lot of running backs on on this roster, and they basically kind of all look the same. All of them are like 5'11 and 200 pounds. Jawar Jordan is the only one that is different. He's smaller. He's fast. He's got He's got electricity in his feet. He's a guy, but I love all the guys. Jarvey and Howard, I haven't even mentioned him, and he had eight touchdowns last year. He's a bruiser. Jawar Jordan, Abdul Adams, Mo Neal. The sneaky guy is Mark Pierre. I don't think he's taking a starting spot, but uh, you know, I talked to him uh, since his high school days, and he's an intriguing talent. He's just had some fumbling issues. So running back to me yeah. is incredibly intriguing. Uh, Dino has always wanted a guy to step up and be the bell cow, but just over the years, no one has stepped up to the plate. So he's just uh, kind of you know settled 
for the committee approach. And then obviously the other uh, position is uh, linebacker. And it's basically, you know, kind of a philosophy decision for Dino Babers. If you look historically, he prefers experience and maybe not experience in terms of reps on the field, but experience in terms of standing. If he continues that tradition again, Zaire Franklin, Paris Bennett, last year, Kylan Whitner, Ryan Guthrie. If he continues that trend, the two guys look to be Andrew Armstrong and Lockheem Williams. And I think the important thing to note here with Lockheem, and he's the guy I expect to break out and take one of these spots, is Lockheem was a Juco. So his first year, he's kind of learning. He's trying to find out where the bathroom is, for Pete's sake, let alone try to figure out what defensive plays he's supposed to be running and being the center of that defense. So I think his first year, it was a learning process. Now this year, now that he's had some time to you know learn the playbook, understand Syracuse, football, I think he could take one of those spots. And look no further, Ryan Guthrie last year was in the same position. He came over from a community college his first year with Syracuse was two years ago. He really struggled. He played in he played in every game, but I think he only registered like 11 tackles on the season. Then he became second team all ACC last year. I think Lockheed Williams has that floor, and I think he could be even better than that uh, for the Orange. And, and just a last nugget here, I know I'm rambling here, uh, but the younger guys on the roster, Michael Jones and Lee Koba, they're two four-star yep. guys who are coming in here. Now, I think it's important not to just hand people things because of their rating, but having that kind of talent here at Syracuse is something that Syracuse hasn't had in a long time these guys could be the next star tandem linebackers and maybe can end the nonsense three years in a row Syracuse had to replace their starting linebacking core if uh, you know again if they go Andrew Armstrong and and um, uh, Lockheed Williams then it will be another year next year replacing him because both of those players are seniors but I think bright futures for Michael Jones and Lee Koba as well Absolutely. And just to go back to the running backs real quick, I got I got one more thing, but I have to ask you a quick question. Do you see a 1,000-yard rusher this season? I have to know. This is very important. <laughs> As a former running back, you know, I've probably ranted about this 300 times on my radio show because, you know, Syracuse University prides itself on number 44. We're talking Floyd Littles, Ernie Davises, I mean – uh, Jim Brown, all of these legendary Larry Zonka Hall of Fame running backs that we've had in history. And the absolute basic benchmark you expect from a university is a thousand yards. And since 2012, Jerome Smith, seven years. It's almost <laughs> been a decade, for God's sakes. Yep. Can they get it this year? Initially, I'll tell you, at the beginning of the offseason, I said, hell yeah, Abdul Adams, Mo Neal, God, somebody's got to. But the problem, the problem is what right? I just said is all, is all that depth. Yeah. It concerns me. I'm like, well, Moe's going to get some run. Abdul's going to get some run. Jawar's going to – Jarvian. I mean, you could have four or five guys have six, 700 yards apiece. That, that may be a biting a bit more than we could chew here. But still, I think all these guys, unfortunately, may take reps from each other. And we may be talking about this again next year on this podcast. Um, last thing. I know you got to go. You're pressed for time. But you did put out a the Manchild show with uh, Boy Green. That's you. Yes. Put out yep. <laughs> put out a poll earlier today, um, presented by at team at home team pub, which is that's in Liverpool, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So, it's in Liverpool. It's our official sports bar in the morning show. Yep. Oh, there you go. Nice. Uh, which Q's football player has the best chance to win an award this season? There's just 
a plethora of awards, and they're God. still coming in. I mean, yep. we could go through them, but you've got Schmidt for the Lou Groza, Hoff Richter for the Ray Guy, uh, Cisco for the mm-hmm. Jim Thorpe, and then Alton for what is this? What is this last one? The Nagurski. Oh, okay. Nagurski. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, they can I, have the coach to that list too. <laughs> yeah, the coach that, too, that yeah. came I out mean, today. More even yeah. today. Yeah. 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 So. Um, uh, I mean, I, I voted. I voted and shared on Twitter, and you, it's still not done yet. It's still 14 hours left, and you can go there and tre- check it out. But Schmidt's ahead with 65% right now. Uh, that's where I went. Uh, like Tyler Morona said, you know, let's see who can knock him. Let's see who can dethrone Schmidt, really, <laughs> is what it comes down to, I think, right? 100%. That's, uh, that's where I lean. Um, I think, uh, you know, Dino Babers has said previously, and I posted this article a little earlier today, a couple hours ago, that Andre Schmidt's going to defend the Lou Groza crown. Is uh, Dino Babers has often said that Syracuse has, had, has uh, one of the best uh, advantages, home field advantages in all of college football. And there's a lot of reasons for that, obviously. But one of the big ones is, you know, controlling the environment, whether that's, you know, weather, obviously, the dome, uh, temperature, everything. I mean, it's ideal circumstances for a kicker. It's beautiful. Half yeah. the season, <laughs> you don't got to worry about nothing. Yeah. And then the other half, well, guess what, Andre Schmidt? Yeah, he made all those field goals, too. So, yeah. He, this guy went from walk-on to Luke Rose Award winner. He went from yeah. walk-on to the best kicker in the country. And I've talked to college football gurus Amazing. all over the planet, and they are convinced that this guy is just at, at the surface. And to bring that all full circle for a second, we're talking about if people are saying that Andre Schmidt graced the service last year, he graced the service with almost one of the greatest seasons in history, in the college football history. Only one or two kickers have had better seasons in terms of the field goals made. He just missed that mark at the end of the year. He had a chance to beat that. So in his first year, he almost had the greatest season in college football history. I would hate to be Dino Babers. Yeah, uh, Andre, you got to work on... Actually, never mind. You can tell me how, how, how you're going to kick, buddy, because I, I don't know. Exactly. To me, I mean, it's really cool to see all these award watch lists. It's great. It's great, uh, you know, notoriety for, for the team, obviously coming off that 10-3 and 3 campaign. A lot of these guys will be in the mix. But for me, if I'm going to bet on somebody, I mean, Andre Schmidt was phenomenal last year, and knowing half of his games again will be in the lovely confines of the carry Dome. It's hard for me to believe he's going to have some epic drop-off. Again, to be the champ, you got to beat the champ, and I'd like to see what kicker's going to do that. Well, absolutely. I have not seen this type of excitement around Syracuse football going into a season since I was a kid, and even, I mean, a kid, kid. I'm for real. I, I haven't seen it. I, know. I haven't seen it hyped like this. It's amazing. I uh, after as soon as the summer's over, I'm gonna be really, really excited as well. I'm, I'm I kid. I'm super excited, but <laughs> let's let the summer let's let the summer play out. But um, uh, uh, Paul, I really appreciate it. Um, I, I can't wait to get you back. It's it's a great time having you on, and yes, I love the insight. Uh, Paul Boy Green Esden Jr. at Boy Green twenty five on all the social medias, and. Um, yeah, site expert for the Loud House. Hit the Loud House up. I'm telling you, it's the place to be. Paul, thanks, man. Yep. I appreciate it, guys. This is the best Syracuse podcast in the universe. Thank so you. I, uh, I always Thank appreciate you. you guys bringing me on. It means a lot to us, buddy. Thanks a lot. We'll Absolutely. see you soon. Thank you, bud. Yep, have a good All right. one. You too. All right, Joe. So we were a little pressed for time with Paul, and I really wanted to get his starting five for the Bayheim's Army. 
But um, oh, I can give it to you guys oh, if you'd like. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's still there. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sorry. No. Yeah, I know I have to go run and pick up my fiance. But if you guys want, sure, we can talk <laughs> about that there. for a little bit. You can add it on. It's great. Go ahead. All right. Sure. All right. Yeah. Um, so just go ahead. Um, do you want mine first? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah let's hear uh, it. I okay. So all right. I'm no coach, but this is how I see it. Okay, uh, without with yeah. I'm talking without uh, Chris and Trish, so sure, yeah. um, I got Gillen, I yeah. got Devendorf, I got Benajay, mm-hmm. Anawaku and Warwick. Oof, oof, we're close. Okay, we're close. what do you got? I've got I've got I've got Crawford, I've got Devo, oh, wow, I've got okay. uh, Andrew White. Benajay, Orinze, and Owaku. But I understand. I have Galen as like my sixth man, so to speak. Again, I'm not a coach. But Crawford or Galen, I could see at the point. You got Devo. You got Andrew White. I, I got to put him in there. I know he's a late addition, but I just think, man, he is nasty. But I could also understand. I'm playing a little small ball here. But I can understand plugging in Hakeem work, too. I mean, the, the, the thing for me is this is a video game. I, I feel like <laughs> no matter what roster lineup I'm shaking here on the Magic 8-ball, I'm feeling pretty exactly. good about it. So, yeah, I I mean, that's mine. I want to get Andrew White in there. But, again, you can go Crawford or Gillen up top. I just love the possibility. Like, Andrew White is versatile as hell, Benajay is versatile as hell, and then Arinze down low. Oh, God. It's this a, is going to be good. I hope they live up to the hype, man. It's a tough decision. It really is. It is. Oh, yeah. So, and the thing is, is I don't even have a starting five because I know, hopefully, that we're going to be playing – I don't know, but hopefully we'll be playing three days in a row, three games in a row, in which we're going to be seeing yeah, right. a whole lot of everybody. So. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. It's going to be great. 11 guys on the roster. Nine will play to start out. And I can't wait. You want to talk about something I can't wait for? It's Friday at 7 o'clock. ESPN 2. That's what I'm That's what I'm excited about. They yes, have sir. Summer ball. That's right. That's right, man. All right, that's Paul. Fantastic. Thanks for the bonus time, buddy. I appreciate that. That's <laughs> cool. Yeah, guys. Anytime. Anytime. Let me know. Anytime, man. All right, man. You take yes, care. Sir. All right. You guys, right. too. All right. Later. All right. It's always great having Paul on. And we're going to try to have him on. Yes. Um, as much as possible. I just love his insight, and I love Inside the Loud House. Uh, I don't mean to gush over it, but anyway, Joe, is there anything else you want to add to anything he said or um, to just cap anything off? Um, whatever. No, yeah, no, like you said, it's always great having Paul. He's got great insight, great insider information. Um, you know, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about when he was talking about the position battles was uh, when he brought up the linebackers. I'm uh, talking about Mikel Jones and Lee Pogba. Um, there's another guy there, Jeff, Jeff Kenton as well. That's from, uh, Canada. And uh, I believe in watching the tape and everything, it kind of reminded me of the, uh, Zaire Franklin, Jonathan Thomas, Paris Bennett class. And they were starters for like three years, at least a couple of them. So this set of of linebackers I'm really excited about, albeit they might not start this year, but, uh, it's something definitely to look forward to, uh, next couple of years in that linebacker slot and looking like, we're going to be set up to have some solid starters for a couple of years instead of playing, uh, you know, musical chairs every year. So, well, that would that would be nice after the past two years. But we got we got it put together last year. I mean, Dean Babers did what he did with it, and I think the right. guys were successful. And we talked a little, and Paul talked touched on that a little bit with yep. Guthrie and stuff. So, I mean, we don't you you don't know. Oh, yeah, you never know. But, again, it's always – when you go into camp and you go into the season, it's always nice to see the starters coming back, you know? Oh, absolutely. So whenever whenever a position has to be replaced, there's always a question mark, and you just hope that you got the depth there. So 
you know, seeing these young players, seeing Mikel Jones uh, break the the two deep as linebacker behind Andrew Armstrong, just seeing something like that early, it just gives me hope that you know we can bring some security to that position, you know, instead of just wondering every year, basically. I mean, I just feel like it's stacked. I feel like, you know, we, we worry about the linebackers, but you look at cornerbacks and, and stuff like that. I feel like it's stacked, man. I don't know. Is it me? I mean, it, on paper, it looks like it, especially when you look at the, the edge rushers that we're bringing back and the secondary that we're bringing back. But uh, when we did talk about it, and I talked to you about it yesterday, when it came to yards and scoring, we weren't the greatest as far as defenses last year. We still gave up big plays. Um, yeah. and really what saved us was timely sacks and, and, and turnovers. You know, we, we bend, yeah. we bent, but didn't break. And that was you know, it. that's There's definitely the, a good sign of a good defense. The pressure on the quarterback was huge last year. Oh yeah. And 100%. in that Clemson game too, taking out their quarterback right. again for the second year in a row, it was right. huge in the Florida state game. I mean, oh, yeah. that was DeAndre so, Francois didn't even, Francois want, to, didn't yeah. even want help up by his teammates. I mean, it was yeah. so bad. He got pounded that game. Oh, so, yeah, did. I mean, again, you just hope that we can duplicate that but even be better and maybe allow less big plays, less yards, less points with the the returning starters that we have and the depth that we have. And, and again, you know, it's going to be musical chairs with, with the linebackers. But like what Paul said, Andrew Armstrong, Armstrong he's going to be the senior, and he's been there for a little while, and he's definitely been a, a contributor who's came in and made plays. I mean, you look at the interception he had to basically win the game against NC State in the Dome last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made big plays, so uh, we had definitely have guys uh, that we can um, rely on that we've seen before, but you're always intrigued by the young guys, too. So, Yeah, it's always just exciting to see what they can do. Um, yep. Is that wrap it up? Are we ready for overtime? Anything else? Yeah, no, I think I think we're good, man. I think we hit a lot with DePaul, and yeah, so. Well, we promised a little a bit little of overtime, something. and I don't know if I'm excited about this because it's just something a little different or if I just need the help that bad, but Joe is going to do his first introduction, uh, Fantasy Football 101. <laughs> And uh, we're gonna do we're gonna do uh, some some running backs next, and we'll go from there. I'll let Joe Joe uh, uh, kind of come up with his own format and how he wants to do it. So, welcome to the first Cuse Militia Overtime, and this one is fancy football. I mean, we all need a little help. Joe kills it. How much money did Look, you win last year, Joe? Playing fancy that's football. Just, that's not important. <laughs> it's not important. But it just lends to your credentials, bro. I'm trying to pump you up. I'm trying to I'm Yeah, trying. I know. And you're just putting me on the spot and it's making it a lot worse. But oh, no. <laughs> it's basically I just want to share kind of just the preseason stuff. A lot of a lot of people um maybe not they might not take it seriously, but just some things that right now, since it's so early, they can kind of help you a little bit when it comes to stuff like this. And um a lot of it obviously is paying attention to players and injuries and camp starting. So you're going to have to watch who's getting released, who's getting cut, who's getting signed, obviously. But right now, there's a lot of people that are just getting their leagues together, signing up, things like that. So some things you can do to kind of prep and stuff like that and kind of get your list because you don't always want to go off of lists that are just out there like Yahoo and everything like that. You want to have your own opinions is go into your leagues and go into players and see – See who had the most points. Know what the rules are. Is it PPR? Is it not? Uh, do a little bit of research about your league to see 
you know, how heavy, position heavy they are, you know, do receivers put up more points, do running backs, do, do quarterbacks, you know, and, and kind of look at that. Um, and that's some stuff that you can do as far as research. And not everyone's going to want to do it, but that's something that can sometimes give you a leg up because a lot of times people just look at lists instead of knowing the rules of the league and knowing where the points are dispersed and, and what kind of players or positions. All right, well, um, what kind of strategy would you would you differ on those? I mean, obviously, if it's... Okay, so if it's PPR, you get one point PPR. Every catch somebody every gets catch, is one right. point. Right. Right? So you can sometimes... Sometimes what I do in my leagues is I kind of make sure I get one good, definite starting running back, but because of PPR, you can always get those third down backs. You know, Duke Johnson's of the world. Um, Darren Sproles for a little while there. Danny uh, Woodhead for a little while was a great one. Uh, James White for New uh, New England. So you can get away with getting those running backs that catch a lot of balls out of the backfield but might not get a lot of carries, and it eventually kind of adds up. Uh, get four or five catches, that's five points at all those yards, and Sometimes, so you can go receiver heavy, get those number one, number two receivers and some good offenses locked down. And, you know, a lot of times that's kind of what you look at with PPR. Now, if you don't have PPR, then it changes to how many carries, how many yards do you get? So um, something like that um, kind of changes your your strategy when it comes to drafting, whether it's PPR or, or, or where the points are dispersed. And there's many leagues that have wacky point systems and everything like that i play in a league that's got individual defensive players so you got to look at your leagues and you got to see see where the value is um and then probably my final um the final thing that i'd probably add is just to listen to podcasts i know um i listen to a podcast on espn it's got you know matthew barry and those guys which i know some people think are annoying but uh fantasy football focus they once the camp start they start going through all the divisions and they do episodes on these teams and they go through and they kind of tell you who on the team is going to have fantasy value worth. And that's kind of where you can learn the players where new players got picked up and moved and and really where uh, the targets and the depth of these certain players are going to be. So they let you know the people to look for. And and also there's podcasts out there as well. I've listened to a couple random. They're all over the place, whichever platform you choose to look and just listen to some, you know, if it's position, if it's this, if it's that. And how well, you see, how well do the does the list the the player position list from like ESPN? I mean, how how heavy do you rely on one of those one through one hundred type type? Player, yeah, I mean, list? it gives you a little bit of perspective. But at the end of the day, a lot of times I like to um, format my own opinions about certain people that I like and certain people that I don't like. And certain, I, I take people off the table based upon maybe, uh, team changes, uh, injuries from last year and just players that I just overall just think might be overrated and just don't like that year. So sometimes you just gotta throw away that ranking sheet and go with your gut or go with someone that you think might just blow up. And a lot of times, more times than not, um, you know, that's helped me. And a lot of times I've learned that, if you like that guy, but you want to wait for a certain round, somebody else has got their eye on them. And usually they get picked before you end up getting them because you always want to wait till the next round, wait till the next round. He's my sleeper. So my advice is to go out and get your guys. So, okay, well, we will get more specific next time with the guys, uh, in the overtime, the fantasy football overtime. Joe, Joe loves talking fantasy football. He's really, he's tried to help me out. He's tried to help me out. Uh, but I've already done my draft the past couple of years. He's tried to help me. He's tried to help me rework my it's roster, basically. 
the damage was done. Going through free agents. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, listen, I want to thank SeatGeek. I want to thank my bookie. Of course, I want to thank Paul for coming on. Um, yep. And I want to thank all of you. You guys are freaking awesome. Uh, thanks for for watching the, the we put out the video on YouTube and it just did way better than I ever expected it to do. And I want to do more of those. But I knew this episode was going to be long and it's a lot of work to do that. So uh, look for more of those though. We're, we are going to do them. Uh, no doubt about it. So thanks to all of you. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.